welcome to the Prigya Rora show where we promote entrepreneurship in law through conversations with people who have been there and done. My name is Prigya Rora, founder of PA Legal and Intellectual Property Law Firm in India and our guest for today is Devashish. Devashish is an amazing human being with a variety of experience in engineering management, psychology, and law. Let us directly dive into a conversation with him. Let's begin with, you know, we all have some stories to tell and our life story, basically. So let's begin with your life story and how you become the person you are today. All right. So I'll tell you how it worked out for me, much like, much like every Indian student ever, I, I did engineering. Uh, when I went into when I went into engineering, I really did not know what to do. In fact, what I did is in second year, I tried everything. So I was part of every student organization that ever existed in my university. And my university is huge. So I was actually part of nine, about nine to ten student organizations and kind of juggling between each, trying to understand what is it that I want to do. Do I want to be in data or do I want to be in IT? I honestly ran away from technology because I was already start, studying it for like six to seven days, six to seven hours a day, right? That, that's what we do in classes. So the idea was to actually explore all other options. So I was part of the NCC, you know, saw if army life would work for me. I was part of NSS, you know, tried doing some social stuff. I, I started my own NGO actually, right? So a registered NGO, trust me. So I had three registered organizations right in my bachelor days. And... You know, once I did all this, I, I really couldn't figure much. I, I was still confused. The thing is, people said experiment and then you learn. But then I did experiments, but they weren't conclusive. So that's when my mentor told me, you know what, go get a job. Right? His, his idea was just go get a job. You will get some clarity. Right? Uh, so that's when I went ahead. I, I, got, I got into Accenture. I got into Accenture Technology. And then while I was in technology, I realized they were doing things which were far away from technology, right? They were into consultation of things that could have been done. So I wasn't part of the R&D stuff, right? The, the fun in technology happens in R&D. That's where you develop stuff. So I, I took up sales role and then I shifted to Baiju's because I knew I was part of, I had three startups. Couldn't, I, I, could, I failed in all three, right? Some initial traction, I had some foreign clients, everything going good, but, but not that great of attraction. So I, I knew sales is super important. That's where a lot of startups fail. So I took up sales in Baiju's, right? And then I started working with Baiju's. I, I realized how they go about with the lead flow and stuff. Super, super amazing experience. It was hard, but it was good. And once I was in Baiju's, right? And then I made a shift to my family business for about eight months. The idea was to actually implement everything that I ever learned into something that fetches me revenues, which is mine. I started working for my family business and then I realized the problem was that I wasn't educated enough. I mean, contemporary to a belief, right? People's education and parallel worlds or the job world or the real world is very different. I, on the other, believe that education is nothing but manifestation of human experiences. That's what education is all about, right? So I started doing uh, my MA in psychology. I, I finished my MA in psychology. I finished my MA in economics. I finished my postgraduate certification. It's an advanced certification in cyber law. I went ahead with my MBA. So I did quite some things, right? And and once I once I figured once I did all this, you know, kind of figured out that hey, uh, 
all this kind of led into the same thing the same fundamentals and philosophies were talked in everything that i've ever been part of and that's when i realized that the problem is that people never invest into research yes right and 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 that's when i started with my firm feasibility plus it's it's pretty much 2 months old i try to help people with their startup ideas at the same time i'm working with few other solutions as well for the government actually and that that's my whole idea you know that that's been my journey i am 26 with three master degrees one advanced pg certificates and a bachelor's degree in engineering much like you so we have changed career we have changed our careers from btech to engineering sorry from btech to law and then from btech to i don't know what i'm doing but i'm doing something cool for sure <laughs> great 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 so you know uh... I I feel so jealous that you are twenty six and you have so many degrees with you. I kind of feel I have only two. I I should have done more. <laughs> so people like you just make me jealous about the knowledge and uh, skills they have. So yeah, uh, I, similar to what I think and uh, do in life, I I have this question for you too. That what made you so Continuously pursue your knowledge in multiple areas and everything. Yeah. Mm, well, the thing is, you know, unless you study, your knowledge is incomplete, and people don't realize it. Correct. The the entire world is running in super specializations. They so want to. I, I had. Uh, I was lucky actually. I had some amazing mentors in my B Tech days. So one of my uh, mentors was from the school of business in our university, and he was the ex CEO of Reliance Telecommunication, big time person, right? So, so he said um, that uh, you know even he was an engineer, an engineer IIT IIM guy, <laughs> amazing person. So he says, Devashish, as an engineer, you must know how to make an engine. That that's where you begin. Unfortunately, of of all people who graduate as engineers, have no clue how to make an engine. so you have people who straight away deep dive you know deep dive into making some sophisticated tech using some existing tech but they don't know how to make an engine and that's the case with almost all courses you know they are so job oriented that you end up learning a super specialized degree or a specialized course without even understanding the fundamentals i always wanted to study fundamentals you know and and i was lucky because as part of the entrepreneurship cell in my college as well there was this time then as leading the entrepreneurship cell as well i i kept uh, you know i, I kept uh, meeting some amazing entrepreneurs so one fine day we had this amazing entrepreneur coming he was from uh, he was mostly into real estate some amazing thing he was doing and he says uh, he he, got, he comes up and says how many of your parents are in government job uh, i rose my hand he, he said how many of your parents are from a job uh, i rose my hand again so he says people who raised hand first if you don't try up on entrepreneurship you should go die like your father mother are going to get tension in hindi he said this unhe tumhare nalayak hone ka koi tension which which can pretty much translates into they don't really have to worry about you being a i mean you're not earning as much they'll get pension right so your risk actually becomes really less and then that, that's when i realized right if we don't understand if if me as an individual whose parents have been in job they will get a pension or even in business right if you have your parents who are in established i don't understand see if if you have because i had friends in btech who took loan to complete their education i understand that they cannot take risk but this will be highly unfair if as someone who has been privileged 
to have parents who is you know who are into job or who have saved enough for their you know after the job life to not take risk in life okay and that that's when i started with my startup i kind of felt yaar was what's the harm in learning i mean i'll get a degree right i'll, I'll not get a degree if i don't try so you learn you take risk in life i juggled between jobs trust me i was working with accenture byju's while i was completing my ma in psychology and in psychology you have to go attend labs like you will have subjects you have to talk to right so i was selling people and then talking to people selling people talking to people struggling between things trust me those those one to one conversations that i have had with subjects are so deep rooted that they have changed my perspective you know a perspective to life because i i met people who had lost someone because that's what you do in counseling right you yeah. talk to them i i had people and that's when you realize money is nothing because i had people who were very rich super rich lost husband and and she had no no direction and you know she she felt hey um, what what am i supposed to do i had people who were going through divorce and and they were both fine they both had high respects for each other i'll perhaps rate them higher than most people that i see around uh, and they're still in a relationship and they were better but yet decided to part away i i had such philosophies in my life through those interactions that it it made me feel a little small you know drop into the ocean i said hey hold on let's let's learn more let's let's explore more because explore to experiment is not the only option absolutely right absolutely so you know i am also a continuous believer of we should upgrade ourselves upskill ourselves mm-hmm. uh, unlearn relearn and everything because as, as we all know now that our college curriculum is not something uh, which we can live on sometimes like our engineering college used to follow a curriculum of i think 1980s or so so everything evolves and then people have to spend time in learning what they want to learn and And not just learn anything that comes on the way. Anything that that mm-hmm. comes on the way is also a uh, you know perspective to explore things. But then eventually, when you are taking risk with especially a startup, then some directional learning has to be there. Like what are the skills mm-hmm. where people lack in, and what do what do they want to develop? Uh, mm-hmm. Coming to psychology, I like to say that you know. psychology is a subject which is underrated among startups lawyers and i think everyone uh, i had a conversation with another person he said uh, i am doing a research on client uh, type of clients and types of mindset which the clients have so it's called client types so it's a branch of psychology called client types and if lawyers mm-hmm. could learn that i think it would be something amazing to just figure mm-hmm. out their case their mindset and everything in fact you know i feel because i was lucky when i was doing my psychology degree right so i had uh, manpreet so manpreet is the uh, manager of a district uh, court mm-hmm. and then super super fun actually we both were riding uh, our uh, scooties and the active was actually and uh, a police person caught us he's like uh, you know you are don't have a helmet so his reply was court me aake le jana so so that kind of attitude right super some super amazing person <laughs> bad thing to do but theek <laughs> hai so 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 you know he was actually pursuing psychology because he wanted to neg- he want to get into negotiations yeah and then i met one more person 
who was again a lawyer who did psychology because he wanted to help children who committed crime so i believe there are people but unfortunately we are so driven with idealism we always want to be the chief justice of the country like you talk to talk to any other person in our country and they want to be an ias officer like a 9 9 years 9 year old telling me i want to be an ias officer i'm like can you write it down for me somewhere if you can so psychology is certainly a very underrated form and you know subject but i was lucky to have met people Uh, because you know they were lawyers and they are pursuing psychology unfortunately even today the system is such a not only in our country i would say our country is way developed than a lot of other countries but you know the system is such that people are not as educated i find people with traditional law degrees taking up cyber law which is a completely different course although there are similarities and and the way you justify things you, you know it's it's is the same but it's a big country why why can't you just well have someone with a super specialization so let's see let's see you know psychology will play a big role in coming days because end of the day i for one believe psychology is the mother science of all stuff in fact philosophy is the mother science of all the studies around the next comes in line is psychology and sociology and then comes economics business studies engineering and stuff i know and i i think these all these fields are so underrated because uh, people come out uh, of their 12th standard and they they are just pushed into some some something but i think life skills and whatever skills we require to live our life are are in these subjects that uh, you know the traditional law course or a traditional engineering course or a traditional medical course is preparing us to be good lawyers good uh, uh good doctors good engineers but they are not telling us how to be good human beings how to connect with people how to understand the case how to have a good conversation how to understand uh, the party and these are the skills which every every even if you are a lawyer doctor engineer every person requires and the crux of all this is psychology sociology and philosophy so i think uh, these are some underrated subject but these have to be taught to every everybody <laughs> should be definitely should be part of the entire thing today the world is changing mm-hmm. i believe the future of our country and the complete country i'll give you a metaphor here right just try to understand this so so we go to school from about 8 in the morning to maybe 4 right so that's that's like 8 hours we wear a uniform we are made to talk in a common language we are made to talk or give respect to our teachers even if they are teaching wrong you know uh, we we have to be very respectful isn't this very similar to a job environment absolutely think of it think of it so the idea of job you know school education in our country and unfortunately even in a lot of countries is to actually make you job prepared absolutely 100 i i kind of you know envy the education model in japan in japan or how do you pronounce it i mean i would say japan uh, where where you know they have to clean their dishes they have to help clean the entire classroom they have to learn taxation cooking 
and also i kind of envy the uh, you know models in a lot of european countries where they don't have to wear a uniform they are allowed to take breaks people don't judge you if you take a cap so as it happens you know i kind of made shifts right there was a time after my mba where i was really low i i had no idea if my startup will work or not that happens when you start with a new brand you have made a decision that you want you want to take it further and you're not getting any clients i mean you're not making money and your friends are earning in lakhs like a friend of mine got placed at 44 lpa a very close friend of mine i was like bro if 44 lpa i'll take 3 years to reach that benchmark yeah right so i i felt that that's hard but then later did i realize and you know what to my surprise he left his job he left his job and started his startup and i said dude so all this time i thought you know he's he's doing good in life is all sorted but then he once he reached that place realized that hold on perhaps that's not what we're seeking for so the the, the entire degree needs to be you know needs to make us the entire education system to begin with will have to help us make correct choices in life that that's super important and learning sst learning uh, basic sciences is okay but we have to spare time into learning how to make correct decisions unfortunately moral science is taught only until standard 5 they don't teach it in standard 10th or 12th or in school or you know or in colleges and that's sad yeah sometimes i feel like uh, we should like school should more uh, focus more on uh, you know preparing humans to be human beings rather than human resources correct everybody is moving towards human resources humans are not resources humans are living beings so it's we have to be human beings first and then become a human mm-hmm. resource but all our education system is probably teaching us to be human resource than a human being yeah i mean i i feel every every human by the very virtue of birth becomes a resource because even if you're working as an unskilled labor you're working for someone right if you're working as a skilled labor you are a super good um yeah, you know uh, a really amazing uh, let's say uh, a good resource however resource is a very subdomain of just being humans yeah <laughs> you have to understand that and and when we focus on making people job oriented or making a making them a resource be it self employment employment or any other way of employment right you focus on a very small aspect of life you don't look at big pictures and and i'm very sure this is one of the best things that have happened during corona people are slowly learning that they don't need a job to well you know i mean they don't need a high paying job to be happy they they really need uh, their family they're looking back into what is it that they want i have so many friends in my circle who have left their jobs and are earning a decent pay through doing things that they want in their life and they're happy so so people have been looking for motivation right on on the on the last on the deathbed people will pay a lot of a lot of money to have memories but then you don't make memories doing jobs that are not what you want intend to do as and you know you you jobs that have been given by others just because you need money so you have to have to make memories and memories can happen through purpose now what happens is uh, let me let me walk you through one of the very classical theories so cl- classical theories essentially in in any social media or so, sorry social studies you have the classical studies which were philosophies and research given maybe in the 1700 and 1800 when the thing was developing so then came the theory of needs 
which is pretty much a pyramid and right on top of the pyramid is self efficacy what does self efficacy stand for is 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 when you have realized what is your purpose in life or to people and then you work on that that's when you have met all your safety needs all your survival needs or all your uh, you know you, you're done understanding money doesn't mean a lot it does mean something but not a lot and i believe right from the beginning of people can aim on those self efficacy stuffs there are chances that you can skip some years wasted it live for your last night on earth please yeah. <laughs> because end of the day end of the day if if on your last with you're not happy with your life you know there's no point living life right now Correct. think of it think of it this way there is no tomorrow this is your last day so what is it that you're going to do are you going to do things that are making you um happy or making you on the last day on this earth happy do that live for memories is what i'll say. you know take breaks it's it's okay to say if you clients you know what i'm taking a break i'll not work <laughs> it's it's good good to absolutely, say no absolutely absolutely i think one if if god give me one choice to uh, you know to do something for myself i'll say just, just i want to be happy in every moment of my life nothing else matter if i am happy i am fine i can do work i can, I can uh, speak to clients i can do unlimited amount of work if i am happy and that that's the reason probably i to switched over and uh, started off with yeah. i mean I, i do this experiment with a lot of my subjects especially with my friends you know all, all my friends somehow they think psychology and psychiatrism is the same thing. and i'm like this is and i can't prescribe you drugs <laughs> that's not my fault right and drugs in the sense medicine like you know it's, it's important to mention medicine <laughs> so so i i do this experiment with a lot of my friends i i tell them you know think of it take some time um you know distant yourself from people and then think of it say if you're about to die you know i i want you to think of all the good memories that you've ever had in your life and if i tell you that you are going to die in maybe the next one day uh what is it that you would want to do and then they they come up with something like i would like to meet up uh, i would like to uh, meet up people my friends spend some time with them and then i and then i kind of reduce the time i, I tell them all right so w- what if i tell you that you are about to die in an hour that's that's the last question that i often ask and trust me their answers are that i would like to hug my mother i would like to tell my father how much you know he means to me how much uh, i would like to tell my partner that you know he's been a very good support so when narrowed down to that one hour of life left with you people are talking about telling people stuff that they can actually tell every day but unfortunately they don't it just narrows down to those communication stuff and in life be it entrepreneurship you know you do entrepreneurship to be happy right that's when you do entrepreneurship otherwise there's no point doing it there are so many definitions of entrepreneurship there are legal definitions of entrepreneurship in usa they say that any firm working in non predictive environment is a startup i mean that's practically business <laughs> but anyways they say that is entrepreneurship but i believe entrepreneurship is living for those one hour two hour last moments of your life if if you have that motive if you have found something a, a gap that is worth living for because the, in end of the day when you have that one hour two hour left in your life you can say you know what it is because of my efforts that that gap or that problem was made a solution 
because when you're making solutions, you have memories. When I was working for NSS, especially with my NGO as well, so it's working parallelly for both. I used to go around and teach people uh, computer, basic computers, like, you know, like Microsoft Word, Excel, those kids, you know, they've never seen laptop. And we guys had laptop in VTech days, right? Everybody had laptops. That's what you do in NSS mostly. So uh, NSS, by the way, stands for, uh, it's just a government Indian, you know, national service scheme. I believe it's national service scheme, but yeah, because a lot of people might not know what NSS is. It's essentially taking your time off to do some voluntary work. And I, I went, I came home, uh, you know, I came to hostel, hostel was home then. So I came back to hostel with smiles and they, you know, they kind of stuck with me for the entire week. I kind of felt that my two hours made more sense to me than the entire week. And that's what entrepreneurship does to you. And end of the day, if you have those smiles, because if you are serving a client well, he will have smile on his face. He'll tell you, dude, you know, uh, it was because of your involvement that the project made this success. Or, you know, you, you kind of become friends with your, I have for sure become friends with my clients. And like your idea is not going to work. <laughs> he goes, bro, why are you saying this? I'm saying because I want to be the devil advocate and make it better. This will not work at this point. So it becomes fun. It's those communications, those fun hours that you leave for, live for. So that's that's my take on entrepreneurship, right? Great, great, great. So Devashi, now uh, you know from engineering to psychology to entrepreneurship, and let's now come to cyber laws. So how do you, uh, how did you choose cyber law as a subject, and what was your motive behind it, and uh, how how it's helping you now? Um, to begin with, see, um, I was fascinated by law because my father was a bureaucrat, right? And I understand the that laws kind of is important. I took up economics and I realized that, hey, laws are important because we have to save the commons interest as well. We cannot be working for someone's one's person interest. But when you look into the present world, you know, everything changing from physical, you know, physical world to a cyber world where things are all intangible because you are an IP lawyer, you know, attorney as well. And you understand that the intangible assets will perhaps have more value than tangible assets in the future. Absolutely. Right. But the laws around intangible assets have to be a little different. Although there are metaphorical similarities between the cyber law and the physical law, you know, it's, it's kind of the same. It follows the same sentiments and all things, but then you have to twist the laws. Because here you have something called copyright, right? I am the wrong person to tell this. You will perhaps be the better person to tell what copyright is. But you see, you, you understand uh, profiling 360, right? I'm pretty much looking. So things are different. In, in the tangible world, if you have a land on your name, nobody can replicate that land. That land is yours. But in the in the intangible world, you know, in the, in the cyber world, let's say. So in the cyber world, what is yours can be someone else's in, um, in, in you know, in, in this one second or two seconds. All you need to do is control C, control V, ta-da. So that's, that's, that's what sparked me, you know, that if the very fundamental of these two universes are different, here we are talking of unlimited resources and in the cyber domain because everything can be copy pasted. We are talking of a shared economy because you don't need to copy paste. You can pretty much use the same thing. But in the real world, that is not the same. Yes. So if these two are different, 
why are we following the same domain i mean why are we following the same rules for it so fortunately indian government is working on it there are amazing people that i have met who are working on it but because this is a very new concept and we need to save the interest of few big giants mm-hmm. uh, sarcasm <laughs> so so things are like this so 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 things are a little slow but i guess uh, with with proper people being involved in the process uh, we should have cyber laws as strong as europe europe uh, has done some really good work on it singapore has done some brilliant work on it yeah. and once we have those laws with in with us where we can save the interest of commons much like the normal laws okay. it it should get going and yeah, i think it should all work. all these domain are like ever evolving because uh, correct, correct. the new technology the new ways of living uh, five years before uh, ago from now we, we never knew that cryptocurrency uh, will pop up like a huge giant in the business mm-hmm. and uh, similarly uh, i think when we were in school we never had laptops we had big big computers and everything set up and previously that when when we were in our kgs and everything computer was not there so we have seen mm-hmm. step by step the era has changed everything is changed and now people are speaking about space laws uh, you know mm-hmm. and things like that and i think one is this outer space where we live in and one is mm-hmm. this internet and digital space where we live in both are constant contradictory and both are ever evolving even outside space is ever evolving the internet space or the digital space is ever evolving so law has to be ever evolving and people are working towards it it's not that people are not working towards it but sometimes we get less number of people who understand the intricacies involved in all aspects of this and then and here comes the special specialization which save us and probably right. we get an interest and we try to evolve ourselves in that field right i mean the law itself is not understood because uh, what happens is let's let's example let's take an example right so we have police to protect the interest of people when it comes to criminal laws and civil laws that you know police can take over not for civil law at least for criminal police can and for civil unless stated by a court it's difficult so you have a a big organization to actually help people with it right but when it comes to cyber unless there is a fraud people police won't really get involved unless there is someone's uh, personal material being uh, you know you understand what i'm saying Correct. or you know some some bad thing happening on the internet police will not get involved now the problem in this entire thing is in the cyber world you have very defined things you have defined ownership in the in in the cyber world your ownership is defined protected by agreements and who governs this agreements so we are looking at a p2p uh, world coming in so we are yeah. looking at at in the cyber world in the normal world you have you don't have a p2p stuff it's is it is those government bureaucracy departments which pretty much make those agreements and rationalize those agreements but in especially with crypto and and fii this is very interesting the first paper on crypto was written about 50 to 60 years ago yeah it is not new yeah it's not new but then the implementation take took so yeah. much time and, and i i often yes 
so i often talk to my so one of you know the co-founder for one of the organizations that i'm working you know for is is a uh, cyber security expert right her domain is into cyber security and and she very correctly told me this that crypto is the present best technology but we cannot say that this will be the future perhaps in about because russians had there were russian hackers a group that had hacked uh, the uh, estonia's uh, it's all it's all said so i am not sure about it they say that they happened much like the india pakistan stuff let's not make it politics but <laughs> they said that so and so happened and their entire infrastructure which was based on blockchain which is essentially driven from crypto was hacked you know was down for quite some time so i believe crypto is changing as you said the entire world is changing we are looking we are looking at a very disruptive tech and more than our generation i feel sad for the generation before us because they my father has you know until he graduated had never seen my mother had seen a computer yeah. because she went ahead for her phd and stuff so there all with our you know advanced research tech and stuff so she had a computer access my father did not and she he graduated from a state college a state school so that that schooling system where he was taught sanskrit shlokas and then slowly he got into commerce and then law so he he did, he did an llb as well so he's an mcom llb my father and right so so you know i i kind of feel i get these things from my parents as well i i realized it kind of right now <laughs> so so you know so i i realize you know in our future our generation ahead who are presently the decision makers we need to understand everything is made for decision makers right the present decision makers have no idea on how computer works sadly but they are making decisions on cyber laws so you you expect there will be some problem but let's see how fast do we come up with solutions for it you know i we, i we, <laughs> uh, i was saying i to feel sad about it because sometimes uh, the kind of cases we deal in it becomes so difficult to explain to the decision makers that uh, what kind of uh, intricacies are involved when we combine law technology and we come up with something yeah so especially in india we are we are still progressing towards that but uh, i don't think we have evolved to the extent which is required mm-hmm. it will take time right we are in fact a lot of time i have said to a lot of government organizations and to uh, people abroad as well that india for once is a very new country i mean 75 years old we just celebrated 75th independence day right so it's it's a fairly new thing we uh, post independence it's for the next 30 40 years we were just figuring out how to go about with things you can't just expect and india is a huge country is like the second most populous country just in con- you know comparison the uh, square kilometer density in uh, australia because the central part is completely vacant in its desert area is roughly 3 3 to 4 compared to india it's uh, it's more than 950 so it's difficult to manage such huge crowd and we will take time even today i proudly say that the indian laws are not as bad Yes, if we st- we compare ourselves we, we compare ourselves to europe and america the america has been in existence for maybe five times our age yes. europe was actually the ruling party yes. <laughs> you know they were the one ruling so, so you see 
they have been in existence they have been working on it even even in standard 8th and 9th in indian system we study french revolution we study you know uh, the uh, lot of revolutions that i did not study i like french more <laughs> so so you see we study theirs ours was a movement absolutely there was a revolution you see the difference right here so it will take time from that movement to revolution stage and we will come to that revolution stage sooner or later uh devishish very good point here i myself you know um, i keep reading about evolution of law evolution of everything uh, so uh, i read an article where where it was written that we have to take we do not have to project for 5 10 years when it comes to uh, things like this we have to take projection of 200 years and see what will I, like if we start with a small process step by step after 200 years it's it's the time that uh, we can expect good big changes like for big changes it will uh, uh, it takes that amount of time so that's why we see generations pass by and then we see something uh, coming with a, a good bang just just a bang that india has done something or us has done something or europe has done something but that kind of project mm-hmm. it does you know in economics we study uh, public economics as a domain called public economics where we try to build social wealth now social wealth is fairly similar to the currency wealth right mm-hmm. but in social wealth people actually get a better standard of living mm-hmm. now just to give you a reference here uh, in the industrial age now i'm talking of industrial age in london right so the river in london i am forgetting the name i guess it's thames uh, i'll have to verify so that was very dirty very dirty right people could not uh, you use that river use that the water of the river and they decided that they will come up with laws that protects the because river is a common right it is meant to be used by everyone and after maybe 50 60 years we could see a gradual change happening and today london is one of the cleanest cities i believe so yes, yes, yes. right despite being a super populous place and stuff but you see these things are happening in india now so there is a stark difference mm-hmm. of about 3 or 300 years where ganga is super polluted yamuna is super polluted and we have to make laws and and we are talking of an industrial era pushed changes so all the pollution pollutants are perhaps 10 times the pollution there was in london so our efforts will be 10 times as well and it took them 50 years to naturally make that river worth a city a cleaner city so um, i'm giving just an example here but all public laws have to look into the 50 60 years of uh, changes i i often i in fact to this you know i'll point out something that my human resource teacher told me every single pretty much in every class that you know when you give benefits to people be think it 10 times 100 times perhaps a million times that you are giving someone benefit because it's really difficult to take away the benefit okay you see a lot of public policies that are being designed around are actually giving them the short term stuff for example the reservation in our country uh, people people struggling people actually doing a lot of things like uh, you know march and then protest to get the obc or an scst uh, stuff and you give it to them it's really difficult now now we are at a point that we know this is not a good thing to do we we should not be giving our reservations but can we take it away is the question we cannot because the moment you try to take it away there will be protests 
there there will be people saying no and because this is a democracy you have to listen to people so that's the same with laws you see you have to be 100% sure that the law or the benefit through the law that you're giving is important for example the rti right we came up with rti but then the very moment the rti was launched the government was very clear that rti does not uh, you know it just does not uh, uh, and encompass everything so you cannot ask about defense related things now i don't know if that was a loophole made or it was made in genuine interest but that's important right so we have to understand exceptions while making law that i mean the entire idea of this thing that i was saying is that at least as lawmakers as policy makers as the youth we need to understand exceptions more than the law itself but unfortunately the entire education system kind of teaches you the laws it does not teach you the exceptions and when you understand the exceptions do you excel with life absolutely amazing amazing yeah. uh, so now uh, now you know coming back to uh, probably i i'll ask you this that uh, i know you are not a lawyer lawyer completely lawyer <laughs> lawyer kind of person but you are an entrepreneur who is related to law who is working in various fields with the government with the private sector and with a lot of experience so what 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 advice would you give to young legal entrepreneurs uh, how how should they go about it and uh, what should they uh, what should be their kind of road map uh, with life mm-hmm. yeah let's put it this way all right all right so the second part is difficult the first is super easy <laughs> so i'll tell you about the one thing that in fact you know what now that i think of it both are the same see when you are life is completely i remember in my operation management classes we had the ceo of a very big operational firm coming in you know into into lot of lot of maintenance designing you know in, in the terms of designing processes so he said why do you guys do an mba so a lot of people said to be effective leaders or to understand business world and and after maybe asking people for on 10 15 minute he says that the entire idea is to make you better decision makers right and in terms of decision makers the first thing that you have to do now this is my experience saying is that you have to differentiate between what is in your hand and what is an what, what is an external pressure right if something is not in your hand there is no point rubbing you know or or thinking about it that hey uh, how will i go about with it how will i do it this should not be this is not fair instead make an attempt deal with it and then focus on focus your energies on things that are in your control the same is with government compliances you see government compliances have to be done period about it don't don't struggle understanding experiences Uh, sorry those uh, don't struggle understanding those loopholes those exceptions that hey uh, can we do this can we do that be fair with it the government regulations are made for the commons not for you in person so don't don't really you know push yourself doing things that are not in your control and that's the same with life so in terms of law understand law do things that are written there things that are in your control and in life you do the same you can for every decision that you make you you figure out whether this is in my control not in my control if it's not in my control don't worry about it if it's in your control give it to 110% perhaps 200% so 
Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this uh, 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 this life advice, I I just summarize it in one single line. It's called take control of your life. It is your life, and you have to take control of it. The things which are in your control, just give hundred percent and control them. The things which are not in your control, just don't worry about them because you can't do anything about it. So okay. yeah. So with this, I would like to end, and I like to thank right. you a lot for all uh, the life advice and you know the differentiation thank between you. human beings and human resources. I think this episode would be absolutely wonderful, and people would really enjoy it. So thank you so much, Devishi, for your time and my, my pleasure. My hey there, thank you for joining us. If you like today's session. do subscribe to our channel and consider sharing it with a friend my name is prigya arora daughter of inspiring parents alumna of iit kharagpur engineer turned lawyer and entrepreneur and now founder of pa legal where we help creators and innovators protect their intellectual property thank you